Hey everybody, welcome to the Did You Know Crypto podcast. Today I'm going to be welcoming Andrew Yang to talk about the long-term use case for Litecoin. But first, if you could do me a huge favor, go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. Also do that wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Like us, follow us, share us on all the social media pages that you frequent. And if you feel like supporting a little bit more, you can also shop through our Amazon page or help us on Bitbacker. But most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Did You Know Crypto podcast. I'd like to welcome Andrew Yang, also known on Twitter as at eCurrencyHodler. Uh, he is a Litecoin proponent, COO of BlockFuse, and creator of LightSchool. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Dustin. So, uh, you know, this has been a topic that I've, you know, wanted to kind of get into. I've reached out a couple times to, to, to people um, just kind of haphazardly to, to talk to someone in the community. Um, but... Uh, basically the biggest reason I want to do is because I leveled criticisms uh, in episode 16, or I should say myself and the guest did in episode 16 and 18 uh, about, you know, Litecoin's, um, you know, efficacy long-term. And I thought it was only fair for me to have somebody from the community on the show to basically kind of come on, give the counter arguments to the stuff that I was talking about to talk things through and, and just kind of make it a, less of a one-sided conversation. But before we actually get into that, uh, I wanted to first, you know, hear your story. You know, um, how did you get into all this? How did Bitcoin find you? Yeah. Okay. So um, I heard about Bitcoin because my friend wouldn't stop bugging me about it. And uh, this was back in like 2013, actually. And then so um, like I, I bought Bitcoin for the first time in 2014. And that's when like uh, Bitcoin hit like $800. And then I was watching it and then because uh, it hit a thousand before that. And I was like, OK, it bottomed out like I'm good to go. And then so I bought some Bitcoin there. And then um, this was right before Mt. Gox. And yeah. it, oh, man. And so it crashed to like 300. And so I like cried in my corner, um, <laughs> you know, hid, hid my Bitcoin, Bitcoin away somewhere and then just forgot about it. And I was like, you know, I refuse. I refuse to sell like I cannot sell it for less than what I bought. And then, um, you know, thankfully in 2017, it hit a thousand and I was like, okay, so I'm selling out. It's, it's going to drop down to 300 again. And then of course it hits a uh, 20 K. So, but as when I sold out, uh, at a thousand, you know, I started looking at other, uh, cryptocurrencies primarily through Coinbase and it was, uh, I saw Ethereum and then I saw Litecoin and that's when I started really digging deep into, um, the rabbit hole, I guess, of, uh, Bitcoin and blockchain and, and things like that. Yeah, that that was kind of uh, I, I won't I won't repeat it really again because I've said it on a couple episodes now. But that was that was kind of uh, almost along the same lines of my story. I uh, I got involved in, in you know it was like 2013, 2014, um, and yeah, I got caught in that 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 Mount Gox bubble. Um, that was oh man, that was a fun time. And it, well, it was nice in a way though because it kind of gave me a little bit more perspective uh, on on this last go around. Uh, to to kind of go like, okay, you know, like I've seen this movie before. I mean, of course, nobody can time tops and bottoms, but uh, we, you, you, if you've already been through it once, um, then it's it's not as uh, as long as you're not 
you know, remortgaging your house or anything like that, that yeah. it, it's not that bad. Um, and you know that it just given time, you'll be fine. But uh, so why don't we just jump right in? And I, I don't know, however long that you want to take, you know, five or 10 minutes or three minutes or however long, um, why don't you, you know, kind of lay out uh, your, you know, the overview of Litecoin as you see it and and your case for it? Yeah. Okay. So I guess let's talk about why I think Litecoin is relevant right now. I think right now Litecoin is relevant because it has, uh, honestly, it's something similar to Bitcoin and it ha it offers uh, cheaper fees, right? And so this isn't necessarily relevant right now because, or in the sense of like the fee market is like pretty low right now for Bitcoin. But back in November and December of 2017, fee market was insane. Uh, Bitcoin fees were just crazy and it was killing businesses. Like it was um, just, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, Abra was one of them. Actually, you know, there was a pretty big moment, I think in 2017, when Abra said, you know, we're going to uh, add Litecoin support to our platform. And uh, one of the reasons was, is because the Bitcoin fees were just too high. Right. And so from their mentality, they were thinking, you know, we want something that is similar, but cheaper. Right. And then they took a look at Bitcoin Cash, but then, you know, it wasn't like uh, the network security wasn't that good uh, because it, it's still shot 256. And so they saw Litecoin and they're like, you know, this is script dominant. Um, it's something similar to Bitcoin, so it won't take too much effort to add infrastructure to it. And it has lower fees. Right. Uh, Bitrefill was another um, company that considered Litecoin right during this time when Bitcoin's fees were really, really high. Another reason why I think uh, Litecoin has a space uh, in cryptocurrency is because it is a, a test bet basically for Bitcoin, right? Um, and this actually serves a real purpose, I think. Like the first example when Litecoin was a, a acted as a test bed, uh, I think of SegWit, right? And that's what that was in um, 2017 too, right? There was a lot of FUD surrounding uh, SegWit and because the way that Luke Jr. kind of was proposing the soft work uh, was through uh, something called anyone can spend uh, in, in the script. And so I personally think it's a fairly brilliant hack, but it creates a problem when you do it as a soft fork. Um, like the miners could collude to do a 51% attack on Bitcoin to claim all the SegWit transactions after that fork, after you the soft fork is implemented, right? And uh, these would uh, be valid on all the nodes that didn't download the new SegWit software, SegWit enforcing software, and it would essentially create a chain split. And that would just create chaos between um, the, two, the two chains, right, in Bitcoin. So my question is, you know, like, how would you test this on Bitcoin's testnet? Because that's, that's, that's a common um, argument I hear from uh, Bitcoin, I guess, maximalists or people who say that, uh, you know, Litecoin isn't actually a testnet or like, why do we need Litecoin if we have a Bitcoin testnet? But my question is like, uh, how do you test it, uh, an attack vector like that on, on a Bitcoin testnet, right? How do you test if someone would be willing to ruin the Bitcoin network to claim all those uh, Bitcoins that are tied up in SegWit U2XOs and continually mine a non-SegWit chain, like on, on a Bitcoin testnet? Uh, you can't because the financial incentives aren't the same, like testnet coins, they have no value. Miners have zero incentive to keep testnet secure. And in fact, like uh, Bitcoin testnet, it regularly gets stalled. It regularly, I guess some people would say, get uh, attacked or whatever. There's huge fluctuations in hash rate because 
random companies come in and they do a lot of testing on Bitcoin testnet. So let's go back to Litecoin. So where does Litecoin fit into this? When Litecoin implemented SegWit first, before Bitcoin, I felt like it kind of proved itself as a, as a testbed for Bitcoin. And um, it was kind of cemented when Charlie put $1 million of Litecoin in a SegWit transaction and a SegWit address. And um, he basically dared people to steal it. And so there was plenty of incentive a lot of money out there for people to try to perform an attack on Litecoin to do a 51% attack to mine the, uh, I guess, the non-segwit chain and to claim the $1 million, right? But nobody did it. And so this is something that you just can't do on a Bitcoin testnet. So to me, this bounty basically uh, disproved all that any, anyone can spend FUD that revolved around it. It proved that miners wouldn't collude, that it actually wouldn't make sense. It would completely destroy the network and miners would lose all the money that they invested in their hardware because the value of, of Bitcoin or Litecoin would tank, right? But you don't actually have the same assurances with Testnet. And so the, to me, this was kind of like a defining moment um, in the history of Litecoin. And, and people, I think now, see value in Litecoin, see value as a testnet for Bitcoin. For example, like I, I have my own podcast and it's called The Light Podcast. And I interviewed Diego Gutierrez from RSK. And he mentioned, you know, that he wanted to try to implement drive chains on Litecoin before trying to push it on Bitcoin. Right? And so that to me just is an example of how people in the industry are viewing Litecoin kind of as a testbed for Bitcoin. Um, Another example of how Litecoin can help is by adding something like Schnorr before Bitcoin, making sure that um, Schnorr signatures are okay and um, good to go in a live mainnet environment that has a market cap of billions of dollars, right? as opposed to just a Bitcoin testnet where people aren't necessarily financially incentivized to break it. And so, yeah, that's kind of like those the two uh, main reasons I feel like uh, I really believe in Litecoin and why I feel like it has a purpose in this space. And looking forward in the future, I, I really do see a strong um, relationship between Bitcoin and Litecoin when it comes to the Lightning Network and atomic swaps and how these two currencies can be the gold and silver uh, on the Lightning Network in that sense. I, the the question I I had about the you know with the with the testnet um, use case is that it it it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it because um you know the, the position of of Litecoin in the in the community and the team is that they you know they do Litecoin is uh, its goal is to become a you know a global currency right you know pay with Litecoin and it, what it at least with the testnet thing is that it it. It means it to me. It means that it's it's useful for Bitcoiners, but you know, but not so much for actual Litecoin users because then it's it's almost predicated partly on uh, getting people to trust their wealth because anybody that's holding you know coins, using them, paying with them, uh, is trusting their wealth to the network. Uh, you know, as kind of like, well, this is the network that we're going to test stuff on, not on the actual Bitcoin uh, network first, and. To me, that would really hurt my confidence. And actually, you know, like, why would I not just hold it in Bitcoin, wait for Litecoin to use it, and then maybe use Litecoin a little bit later? But as a, as an actual global money, it doesn't seem to me um, that it 
if if it was like you know we are trying stuff out first because we want to be first you know uh, we want to have first mover advantage over bitcoin then that that would make sense but as actual just being like a test net seems more of a use case for bitcoin versus actual versus actual litecoin yeah like i hear what you're saying but it, it kind of has both of those feelings right like we can claim that we're faster than bitcoin and implementing technology um uh, because we are, uh, because uh, it's so hard to implement anything on Bitcoin, whether it be a soft fork or a hard fork, right? But um, if there are concerns, if there are any, if there's any like FUD surrounding um, implementing new technology, obviously uh, Litecoin core developers would review it and make sure it's uh, they think it's okay. And if they do think it's okay, then we would implement on Litecoin, and 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 we would have, I guess, what you would say, uh, first mover advantage when it comes to implementing new technology. And so um, to me, it's like, even though I guess the test bed kind of makes it feel like um, we're not sure whether the technology is going to work out or not, um, I kind of feel like I have confidence in the people who are implementing the technology, the Litecoin core developers who would implement it and in their review of the process and implementing it and making sure that everything's okay, right? Because like, uh, let's take again, like SegWit, for example, um, there was FUD surrounding um, SegWit. And, you know, if Charlie didn't know what he was doing, if he didn't know, um, uh, if he wasn't sure about how the, the game theory would work behind um, implementing S uh, SegWit as a soft work, um, then, you know, it would put Litecoin at risk. But I mean, it turned out he was right. And so like there wasn't any, actually any problem or real issue. It was just like the narrative behind um, the camps who were against SegWit were just so loud and um, just trying to create so much confusion that, um, you know, having once we implemented on Litecoin, I just kind of felt like it just completely cleared the way um, and just silenced all those critics because nobody's nobody stole that one million dollars that was tied up in a SegWit address. And. I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about, I didn't necessarily want to necessarily, you know, talk about, it, but it's one of the things that gets leveled at, at Litecoin. So I kind of wanted to collect all of the arguments against it that either I have or that some people have, and then just kind of discuss them. So of course you can't talk about, you know, our, uh, uh, the Litecoin community and arguments against it without talking about, um, you know, last year with, with Charlie, um, you know, selling off his Litecoin. It was, you know, he gave his reasons for it. A lot of people gave him a lot of, um, you know, shade and fun for that. But um, it was often, you know, it's, ba it's basically kind of the narrative is and bandied about that he sold at all time high, but that wasn't necessarily true. Um, he, he basically, if I remember correctly, it was like three separate occasions um, throughout the, the year and that it wasn't actually, you know, like at when Bitcoin was or what was Litecoin topped out at three, fifth, I can't remember exactly what it was last year. But anyways, um but I, I, I was wondering if you wanted to address, address that issue per se, although I don't think it, it's necessarily fair for the Litecoin community to have to answer for any one user. Um, you know, considering that Charlie is the founder and, and is kind of looked to by the community as a, you know, I, you probably don't want to use the term leader, you know, but at least someone that has, um, um, I, I, I don't know, kind of an ambassador, chief ambassador qualities. Um, to it, I, I do think that it is somewhat fair for people in the in the community um, to to have to you know maybe explain that a little bit better than it has been. Yeah, uh, man, we get this question so much on subreddit, on Twitter, and um, okay, so I guess like my question to you would be like, 
why is it so important from your perspective or, or why mm -hmm. do, uh, why is it so important for other people like that he sold Litecoin? Like why, why do you think that's such a big problem? Um, for, for me, like on, on one hand, I understand, like I would have done the exact same thing. Like it makes no sense to me in one way that if I was looking to sell a chunk of my holdings or whatever, um, or just as a, as a good trade, right. To sell at, at a higher point and then buy maybe a little bit, buy, like I would have done roughly around the same thing. But the, the problem was, is that his, his reasons were not like, I'm, I'm selling now. Cause I, you know, like he released a, a tweet, not that long before if, you know, at some point that year too, saying like, expect, you know, at, we could see 90% loss in value from what we're seeing right now. Right. So if just going like, right. I'm expecting, you know, at some point, we're going to see this thing, you know, top out and then we're going to go down to some sort of bottom. I want to buy back up more Litecoin than I have now or whatever his reasons. But he cited, you know, conflict of interest as his main concern. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, like I said, I don't fault him for it. But um, if, if it, to me, uh, I, I, I don't know, it's that he should have one should have skin in the game. Um as a, as a head of a project, uh, you know, he should have some of his wealth or a good chunk of his wealth, you know, tied up in this. If, you know, if your thesis is we want to make this global, global currency, global money, pay with Litecoin, uh, the same way that a lot of, especially, although Litecoin's not the same thing as what's the ICOs in 2017, but a lot of them have lockup periods, right. To kind of incentivize the founders when they have stocks in their own companies to, you know, obviously do as well as they can to make their value go up. Um, but, you know, if if he had recognized that that conflict of interest as being a, a main concern, um, then, you know, why wouldn't, you know, to me, I, if conflict of interest and not trying to protect, you know, the wealth that I had was my main concern, then I would have waited until we saw the bottom, you know, until we saw 100 or 50 or whatever, and then said, you know what, I've sold off all my stuff. I waited until we weren't at all time high. You know, that's what I would have done. Maybe that's probably a lot of hindsight 2020 kind of stuff. But, um, it, you know, to me, it's this I, I, I find that the con conflict of interest was is not I'm not 100 percent convinced on it. I don't fault him for it. But um, my main reason for having a concern about it is more of just you should have skin in the game. You should you know, have a good chunk of your wealth tied up in, in this project that you are saying to a community of people and have, you know, billions of dollars in market cap saying like, I trust, you know, I believe in this so much that I've tied up a bunch of my money in it. Yeah. Okay. So it's just so interesting to me to hear people's reasons uh, for this. I feel like people are, are just upset because it's a bear because uh, they bought like one at a high price and um, they're making up excuses, right? And they're not making logical they're not making logical statements okay. because they're saying, you know, Charlie, you, you sold at the all-time high, but you didn't, right? And then and then there's the claim of like uh, market manipulation. Oh, like you, um, you claim that, uh, you know, the market was going to dip. You called it, right? And then, um, but he was selling his Litecoin and he was considering this when Litecoin was $96. So this was like well before that tweet, right? And then, like you said, like, oh, uh, why, why didn't you just wait for the market to dip until it's $30? Well, who knows? You have no no guarantees as to uh, which way the market is going to swing. We might guess, like, um, I called that there would be a huge correction. A lot of people called that there was a huge, that there would be a huge correction uh, when Bitcoin, Bitcoin hit, like, $20,000. Um, 
Um, but honestly, you have no idea how low it's going to go. And so if I had that mentality of like, oh, I'm just going to wait till the price dips and then I'm going to sell it, like that doesn't make sense either, right? No, I'm... And I'm just... I'm just uh-huh, no, no, ahead. no, continue. Okay, and then I'm just saying that like, when you have as many followers as Charlie, and when you see that the stuff that you tweet like immediately reflects on the price of not only just Litecoin, but Bitcoin too, like that scares, I, I would be scared, right? And then so from my perspective, I kind of understand why he sold it because there's that situation is just right for people to claim that you are manipulating the market, right? And like as a follower, as someone who follows uh, Charlie on Twitter now, like I don't have to second guess his tweets anymore and think and worry or think about like, wait, is he pumping Litecoin right now so that he can sell a little bit, right? There's there's none of that dynamic. It's just, oh no, he's he founded Litecoin, he's the creator and he's working full time on this project and he's helping it succeed. No, and I see, I, no. I, I think I think uh-huh. a lot of, you know, like well, I was going, well, I would have done this or this. I, I mean, I totally understand that's, that's Monday morning quarterbacking it, it to the max. I just, I just feel like, in a way that if his, you know, his goal was to not be, you know, accused any longer of, you know, pumping, you know, you're just pumping your bags, so you know, whatever. That, in a way, his actions, even though they were counter to, I and I, I personally don't believe there's anything malicious to it. I know some people do. I don't think that there was. I just think that it was. It was basically I, I, I make it as more of a bad PR move than anything else, and I, he almost kind of played right in to that you know the 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 haters hands in a way but i i get that i mean it hit the 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 size of his following and the you know the the second that he tweets anything and anybody that's at that level on twitter you know immediately has you know 50 comments within the first you know minute of you know people going every which way so i understand i don't understand that dynamic at all so i you know i i didn't want to talk about this so much as that i had a huge issue with it i understood it and and I don't like the Monday morning quarterback people's specific um, decisions, but it was something that gets brought up so much that if we're going to have a a talk slash debate discussion, whatever you're going to talk, want to call it about you know Litecoin in general, um, that for right now it's pretty topical. In a year or two, three, it's not. I don't think it's going to be that that big of an issue. Yeah, hopefully not. But like uh, one more thing I wanted to address was like the incentives, right? Like you should have skin in the game if you're going to be working for Litecoin and stuff, right? Because because people, I think that's how equity works, right? With um, corporations and, and like CEOs, they have equity. So you assume that they're going to work their butt off in order to make the company succeed. And right. And you have stockholders, right? Um, and so to me, it's like one, like Litecoin isn't equity. It's not, it's not like, it's not a corporation, right? It's a decentralized currency. So there's that perspective. But at the same time, like people think that Charlie stopped working on Litecoin once he sold out. But I'm telling you, like that is like further from the truth, right? Like he is working full time on Litecoin and has been ever since he quit Coinbase. And to me, the evidence um, is in the pudding or, or yeah, something like there's a phrase proof like in the pudding, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's proof in the pudding and it's, and it's the fact that Litecoin is on most, almost all major exchanges, right? It's not by accident that that happened. 
It's by Charlie, it's by people in the Litecoin Foundation putting time and effort, reaching out to exchanges, helping them and Litecoin support to those exchanges. And that has put us in such a unique position in the sense that like, we don't have to pay to get listed on an exchange. When somebody creates a new cryptocurrency exchange, they, they automatically list Bitcoin, they automatically list Litecoin, and they automatically list Ethereum. And it's because um, like we have, we're so liquid and it's just, those are the three currencies that just come to mind when you think like, I need to start an exchange, what are the coins I need to add? Right. And so it's hard because when all you see is um, Charlie from a distance and he's on Twitter, um, it's hard to see the grind that he puts in. But as a volunteer on the Litecoin Foundation, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of like night and day. No, I, I no, I understand. I don't. I don't think. Um, well, I shouldn't say. I don't think anyone would accuse him of. But because uh, there's, I think there, the the amount of hatred that you see at crypto Twitter is. I, I kind of find it actually in, enjoyable in a way. Um, it's just kind of funny to me. But <laughs> uh, I, I think that there, I don't think anybody doubts uh, his his work ethic, um, and or at least I don't. I should say. But but yeah, no. Um, I, yeah, with with any of this stuff uh, and, and the amount of work that gets done uh, behind the scenes, I think I think that's with any kind of large group organization. Most people don't realize, um, especially people that have never run a business either, really realize how much work it takes to even, you know, run oh, run goodness, a business yeah. with even just two or three employees. Nonetheless, when you're talking about the size of the, uh, the you know, the various foundations and groups and stuff that are involved in some of these, you know, in Litecoin and, and Bitcoin and, and all that. But um yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt his work ethic, and I, I don't think that um, uh, I, some people attribute you know maliciousness to his actions or you know what he does. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, but I, well, I, let's just let's just be. I, I think we've covered Charlie um, and and all that well okay, enough. Good. So yeah, uh, if anybody has any questions, of course, you know you can always just tweet at Charlie. He'd probably appreciate that. Oh, he loves it so <laughs> but, much. Uh, so let's uh, move, you know, back away from personalities to to technology, and um, you know, I what I talked about in the, when the in the episode with Murad and and uh, also Kurt, um, I can't remember this specifically what I talked about with Kurt, but was my my question about the long term use case for Litecoin, you know, in a world where not necessarily right now or in a year or two, but let's just say 10 years from now, right? That second layer technology, you know, Lightning Network works, it works successful, it's implemented, it's, you know, we're in the main net phase, you know, and there's no hiccups, everything's working smooth. You know, a Litecoin adopts, you know, that same tech. So you're going to have a, a it, to me, it almost seems like they're going to be virtually indistinguishable in terms of the second layer being used when you're when you're looking at it in the macro and and, and uh, you know long term view not the, the the micro but once it's online and you know consumer ready why would I use a Litecoin Lightning Network versus Bitcoin Lightning Network not talking about yet going to the settlement later that that'll be a second part of this question but why would I use the Litecoin Lightning Network versus Bitcoin Lightning Network aren't the fee, fees going to be roughly the same because um, they're both going to be meant to be, you know, the daily spender versus the, you know, more long-term storage. Yeah, so that's a, I mean, that's a great question. And it's actually something that uh, I get asked a lot. And so to me, it goes back to the faster block times and the cheaper fees. Uh, and this is particularly relevant when it comes to establishing a channel. 
Um, it's faster and cheaper to get on the Lightning Network with Litecoin than it is with Bitcoin. Like with Bitcoin, it takes over an hour right now to establish an hour uh, to establish a channel. With Litecoin, it takes a quarter of that time. And the great thing is, uh, even if you want to own Lightning Bitcoin, um, all you would have to do is just open a channel with Litecoin and then swap it atomically, right? And so uh, let's let's look at numbers, right? Right now, the average transaction fee for Bitcoin is about twenty six cents. Litecoin is about two cents. So if you could own Lightning Bitcoin for two cents instead of twenty six cents, like wouldn't you do it? Like, and and if you scale this to businesses who would use uh, the Lightning Network, where every cent matters. Um, in my opinion, they'd be incentivized to use Litecoin Lightning channels just to save on fees like Abra did, but ultimately settle it in Bitcoin. And so what might this look like in a um, like in a, in a real life setting? Right. And so here's an example of how I think this could work. Uh, I just talked with the merchant processor and they told me that he was growing there, that there was a growing customer base that liked to settle their payments into crypto. Right. They didn't want to sweep it into fiat, not into USD, not into euro, but they wanted to sweep it into crypto, whether it would be Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, whatever. And um, and so the service that I think um, fits into into this example is, well, if I'm a customer, I don't want to wait an hour for my channel to be established before I can spend uh, my lightning Bitcoin. Right. I want to wait like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Right. I, I want it to be fast and I want it to be cheap. And so I can make a payment with my Lightning Litecoin to your store, but on the back end, on the infrastructure end, you would swap it atomically for Bitcoin. And then because the customer would want to keep Bitcoin, they want to settle it in Bitcoin. And so they would keep the Lightning Bitcoin in that way. Right. And that to me makes sense. Right. Um, and in that way, I feel like, you know, Litecoin is actually the cryptocurrency for payments. It is being used in a payment setting. And um, and it's and it makes sense to use Litecoin because it offers the same type of security as Bitcoin, except for except for less. Well, I mean, it's not the exact same security, right? Because with with the network effect on Bitcoin, Bitcoin's always going to be more secure, uh, technically speaking, even if it's still not technically feasible. Uh, it's you know at some point to to attack uh, Litecoin's network. If you're looking to, to attack one network or the other. Um, you would choose Light, Litecoin because it's always going to be uh, smaller than Bitcoin per se, as long if Bitcoin remains the biggest. Exactly. Okay, so let me be clear. Bitcoin is the king, right? Like in terms of hash rate security, there's nothing that compares to Bitcoin. At the same time, Litecoin is still pretty secure. And the reason why it's secure is because it's script dominant. And there's a lot of script ASICs out there. So it's it's still expensive to attack Litecoin, right? Like hash rate can't be rented to attack it. And so from my perspective, it, it offers um, somewhat similar security, not the same, but somewhat similar security. And it offers this similar properties of sound money with uh, limited supply, um, with a decentralized network, you know, uh, with the same properties of hard money. And, and it kind of makes sense because if you want to move a lot of money, if you want to make sure that um, you make a payment and that it is 100% uh, secure, like go with Bitcoin. Absolutely. Right. But like for smaller purchases, um, it's like not as important 
And, and the analogy here is like uh, maybe uh, writing a check, uh, writing a check for a house or something like that, um, or an ACH deposit. Uh, you want to make sure like that will, that's going to go through and that there's no chance for anything. Um, there's no funny business there. But like in my daily life, you know, we use credit cards, right? Um, and so that's obviously not as secure. Like there can be tons of chargebacks there. And so um, something similar can be viewed, I guess, like in that metaphor between like Bitcoin and Litecoin. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying listening to this episode as much as we did recording it. I don't have any sponsorships, so I'd really appreciate it if you go over to iTunes, rate and review it five stars if you think I'm worthy of it, or wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. Um, if you could also go to our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, you know, any of the social media pages that we have, like and share them. It really helps spread the word. So once again, thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Okay, um, we had uh, a few questions uh, from Twitter when we uh, put out that the announcement earlier, but it was uh, so back in October, uh, it was announced that fees would be reduced uh, about 10x, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when is that being planned on actually being implemented or has that been shelved for the time being? Uh, it should hopefully be in uh, 17. Uh, the relay fees have been staged because um, if you don't stage it, then the transactions kind of drop out. And so you just got to do it in a way where the transactions can get propagated by the miners, but then later on the users can get in on there too. So hopefully in, in 17, it'll be out. Uh, will Litecoin be adding privacy such as Schnorr before Bitcoin? We kind of already talked about that, but if you wanted to address that anyways. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I'm not quite sure whether or not there's anything concrete right now to implement it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's possible that we could add Schnorr before Bitcoin. How do you think Grin will do and what features should Litecoin be pursuing, if any? You know, I actually like, um, Grin in the sense that, um, yeah, okay. So this might be a little controversial, but so their supply limit. Uh, they don't actually have a supply limit, but their philosophy is that with every block reward, it's going to be the same. And then as the supply grows, uh, the rate of inflation rate of inflation will ultimately go down to zero. I actually think that's pretty interesting because if you look at the Bitcoin and Litecoin network right now, um, the only thing necessary that is securing the network are the block rewards. And so um, everybody, you know, the whole goal, the whole plan has been, you know, we've got to uh, secure Bitcoin and Litecoin's network purely through uh, the the fees, right? But I'm I'm not convinced. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm I'm ninety ninety percent sure that it'll work out that right uh, out that way. But like, there's a ten percent part of me that's not a hundred percent convinced that everything will work out that way. And so I think Grin is an interesting hedge, I, at least from an economic um, perspective. Uh, to because they're going to consistently be rewarding their miners, and so that that network um, hash rate security will be there. Uh, and obviously, the the Mimblewimble is going to be implementing its or that they have implemented is it's pretty interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm 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 a fan of Grin. I'm excited that they're going on mainnet, or they have gone on mainnet, and uh, yeah, we'll see how where that project goes. Now, um, 
the last question was, and I had, actually I had thought of a couple more things I wanted to ask you. So after we after we do this one, but uh, what's the best way to build up Litecoin Lightning Network, or can we just use the Bitcoin like Lightning Network channels? Yeah, um, I mean, if if you have space to run a Bitcoin Lightning Network node, go do it. Uh, but definitely the Lightning. A network for Litecoin is lagging a bit behind it's uh, we just broke 100 a couple days ago so that's pretty cool I have a guide out for Max uh, if you can follow it and and set it up yourself I think that's great um, it's pretty I've uh, I this past weekend I helped three people kind of um, put it up and they're not coders at all and so it's, it's doable it's very possible um, I think there's also Casa, uh, Casa their Lightning Network node um, has Litecoin capabilities inside of it if you put in one line of code. Uh, but they also said that they're going to make Litecoin available um, as well uh, sometime in the future in, and as part of the natural setup. And uh, I think there is also lightninginabox.com. Uh, I think they, they sell pre-assembled Lightning Network uh, Raspberry Pi boxes for Litecoin that you can buy. And so, yeah, I would say those would be the three ways that you can try to get involved. Now, I, I was just thinking, um, so as, as far as, I mean, obviously I know where you we, you fall in the debate as far as for the, the scaling debate, big block, small block that we just had a uh, little over a year ago now. But what would be your argument for, and I guess this is less about Litecoin and more just about uh, scaling, but why should someone, especially people who are coming in brand new, um, be you know, go like, okay, well, I want to send some stuff. There's all, you know, I want to use a cryptocurrency, uh, you know, to either, you know, send for remittances or whatever. And I, I want to have cheap fees. Why would I pick and minus any of the actual personalities that, that are involved in the, in, in this, but why should I pick, you know, something like Litecoin versus going, you know, Bitcoin cash? Uh, yeah. I mean, because to me, Litecoin has one of the best security uh, in terms of the network, like uh, second to like Bitcoin. And I think Ethereum is probably um, higher as well. But uh, like Bitcoin Cash's security is just terrible, right? Uh, any any Bitcoin miner, any Bitcoin pool can just uh, point like maybe two, three percent of their um, pool to the Bitcoin Cash chain and then they get ruined, right? And so if you want um, stability, uh, I would choose Litecoin. If you want something that's similar to Bitcoin, um, but cheaper than I would say use Litecoin. Yeah, it's been around for seven years. It's consistently consistently in the top 10 in, in market cap. And yeah, I find it pretty reliable. And you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier when we were talking about the use case in a post-Lightning Network world. Hello, are you still there, Dustin? Oh, can you hear me? Hello? Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Maybe one more point um, I'd are, like to... Are you still there? Uh, why not is how about this um yeah so kind of how i view bitcoin and litecoin is like this uh i i hold bitcoin and i view bitcoin like i view my savings retirement uh, or my savings funds or reti my retirement fund like i don't ever plan to spend my bitcoin on anything until like you know it's 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 enough to like carry me through right but on the other hand, uh, I have no problems when it comes to spending Litecoin. I paid for my VPN with uh, Litecoin. I paid for my Ledger Nano S with Litecoin. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I just bought like this Superman Litecoin shirt from the foundation. Um, so I use Litecoin for payments because uh, honestly, like the, the opportunity cost 
isn't as high to me if I spend Litecoin, but it kind of is for Bitcoin. And so when, when people talk about Bitcoin as a store of value, I really, really do view it as a store of value and as something that I'm not going to actually ever spend. Um, but with Litecoin, it's, it's, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's more justifiable because, you know, there's more of it. Um, it's more stable in price and, you know, it's cheaper. And so, yeah. So I, I got cut off. So I wasn't trying to like re-ask that. Uh, I, I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll hold that in there. Um, but I, I wasn't trying to like re-ask the use case scenario again. I, I, I was trying to, um, <laughs> I was, I was getting at was when we talked about the use case scenario, um, uh, you mentioned uh, atomic swaps. Yeah. And I was wondering, and since we kind of didn't explain that at all, I was wondering if you could go in and talk about ex- atomic swaps, you know, what they are and how they would actually function um, within these lightning networks between Litecoin and Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. So um, for people don't, who don't know, uh, atomic swaps basically means um, I can swap my Litecoin for Bitcoin um, um, atomically. So it happens or it doesn't happen at all. And so if somewhere along the line, the route fails or something, then the atomic swap doesn't go through. And so it offers a, a very secure way to swap Litecoin for Bitcoin. Um, how might this work in a real world setting, right? Uh, you know, when um, I think one example is like the merchant uh, within the merchant setting uh, where Bitcoin is kind of like the settlement layer and how Litecoin Lightning Network, let's just call it like Lightning Litecoin. When light, Lightning Litecoin is used to pay for stuff, and then the crypt, you know, the merchant they want to settle, and um, so they you would swap the Litecoin immediately for Lightning Bitcoin, and then they would hold that on their end. Um, but like in the future, moving forward, um, a lot of this stuff I feel like is going to be abstracted, right? And so you won't actually really know whether or not you're using Bitcoin or Litecoin um, underneath, like uh, for all, for these. Uh, games that you might be playing or these services that you might be paying for. Um, and so it's very possible, right, that banks would choose to use uh, Lightning Litecoin to uh, to make payments faster and cheaper than with uh, Lightning Bitcoin. And, um, you know, ultimately it would be uh, Bitcoin that would act as like kind of like the settlement layer for, for everything, for the whole economy, for the whole world um, and become like the Bitcoin um you know, become the standard. Uh, and so I think that's kind of how ultimately I can, I can see it. Um, I mean, also, there's also the application, the use case of DEXs. Um, you don't, and you can hold and trade Litecoin for Bitcoin non-custodially, and it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and it's going to be a true DEX as opposed to, um, you know, something like, Radar Relay, where, uh, you know, it's kind of centralized around an order book, but um, it's possible to implement atomic swaps uh, per node. And so, uh, you know, if the order book is gone, there's no there's no central company to shut down the DEX or to shut down the atomic swap. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I can see it. And, oh, there's this also really cool use case where uh, with HTLCs, um, HTLCs and atomic swaps, it makes for a great derivative uh, exchange. And it's always going to be fully backed because it's, um, <laughs> yeah, because you're using Bitcoin and Litecoin. And it's backed by the HTLCs that you use and the swap that you have. But uh, that's also something that could be really interesting if there's anybody out there who wants to build a derivative, a Lightning Network derivative based exchange. Uh, I think there might be something there for you. Is there any scenario in which you would consider that 
I guess consider changing your mind and and going full Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, I mean, if the devs stop devving, uh, if the community dies, if the network gets completely wrecked or destroyed, um, if I lose confidence in the overall vision of the project, then absolutely, yeah. Then, um, you know, it's kind of funny because I kind of share a lot of views um, that uh, Bitcoin maximalists might have, like when when they look at Ethereum, when they look at permission blockchains, um, you know, I, I don't think Ethereum can scale um, or I don't think it is scalable or and that the nodes right now are just like too big. And to me, it doesn't make sense why like all these people are trying to build dApps on top of it. Like um, and like with permission blockchains, it, it it's pointless, right? Like what you, you can do everything um, in a permission blockchain with a centralized data pace with like uh, append only logs. And so, I mean, I have, I have those very similar sentiments in that sense. And so it, it's quite possible that I might end up becoming a Bitcoin maximalist if, if everything, if the Litecoin project completely fails. And I'll, I'll make sure I make that as just the, the quote for the, uh, for the episode <laughs> without any context Please at do. all. Absolutely. <laughs> do it. Um, I, was there anything that you want to, cause I know that, um, um, you're also involved with, with, uh, uh, like I said, the creator of light school and also block views. Is there anything that you want to talk about in regards to them? You know, okay. Actually, I know this is kind of unorthodox, but, um, would you mind if I kind of rehash like the, the beginning question of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So Litecoin has been around for seven years. And it has consistently been in the top 10 in marketing cap. It's been a blockchain that has never had any downtime, zero downtime. And to be honest, that's something that Bitcoin can't even claim. Um, that, like they were down for like a few hours between 0 0.7 and 0 0.8. And uh, Litecoin, I believe, serves a real purpose in this space, um, like in, in service to the whole crypto economy. And, and that purpose is as a testbed for Bitcoin, right? Um, it, it implemented SegWit first. It kind of dispelled the SegWit FUD uh, before it got implemented on Bitcoin. And so, uh, and, and this applies to other uh, technologies in the future that other people might want to implement like Schnorr or confidential transactions. Um, it, it also helps offload uh, transactions from Bitcoin. And, and we saw this in uh, November, December of 2017 when, um, when the fees for Bitcoin got crazy high. And so actually traders, what they ended up doing is uh, they traded Bitcoin for Litecoin and they sent Litecoin to all these different exchanges. Uh, and I also am really uh, excited about like the future of Litecoin with the Lightning Network and Atomic Swaps. And so to me, it just has a lot more going for it than a lot of other coins, um, especially even on the liquidity side, because you know, a lot of these ICO projects are kind of like paying to get listed on exchanges, but Litecoin is already there. Um, and, you know, Litecoin to me, like ultimately it's about like sound money. It's about like hard money. And so uh, like I, when people, when I, when people say, oh yeah, Litecoin is uh, the silver to Bitcoin's gold. That's something that I actually believe in. Um, it offers the same properties as sound money in terms of limited supply, it's censorship resistant, it's saleable, um, except for less, right? Like it's, it's, it's cheaper. Um, it's not, it's not equal in terms of security to Bitcoin, but it's comparable. And so I guess for me, uh, I would, yeah, those are the reasons why I believe Litecoin, um, 
like why I believe other people should invest in Litecoin. And if you're a Bitcoin maximalist, like then maybe maybe pull like a Jameson lock and like hold Litecoin as like a token of support, uh, because I want you, I want to let you know, like you Bitcoin maximalists, that uh, Litecoin exists to help you uh, to help Bitcoin, and not to compete or overtake it in any in any sense of the uh, phrase. Yeah. No, I, um, as far as for the the, I think that you guys should not use the the silver to gold. Um, yeah, I don't, I really don't like that because the, the, it's not an apples to apples comparison because, you know, gold, the reason we had, you know, silver or brass or whatever is because, you know, when you have like, even like a 10th ounce gold coin, which is like the size of an American dimer, um, I think it's like a one or two cent Euro piece. But anyways, even that amount is enough to buy like a, you know, a whole, well, you know, depending on exactly how, what, what you could buy, but you know, say roughly a shopping cart full of food. So that's not practical. So that, you know, to carry anything small in that. So that, that's why we did have it. So I, I've always disliked that, uh, that, that analogy. It's just because the, the reason that there was a silver to the gold was, was to have a, you know, a smaller divisible coin um, that you could use for, for smaller transactions where with the divisibility of Bitcoin and, and, and Litecoin as well, they can be used, right. You know, without talking about fees and stuff interchangeably, but, um, with so I guess like the argument is, uh, because we have fiat, uh, that offers like divisibility or maybe mm -hmm. even like, um, uh, sub Satoshi's on the lighting network, uh, like Litecoin isn't needed anymore. Is, is that kind of like the argument? No, no. Just that when, when you're saying silver to gold, you're almost, you're almost saying like, well, you can't use, uh, uh, Bitcoin for, you know, for smaller transactions. When you kind of talking about fees, yeah, uh, you know, in, in a way, but right now it's at what you said, like 26 cents for, for Bitcoin. You know, if you're doing a $5 mm -hmm. thing, that's not a huge deal. When you start talking about 2017, we're talking about $50 fees or whatever it was. I can't remember what we we're peeking out at. Um, then that, that, that makes kind of sense, but uh, you know, absent, I don't know. Just like it always kind of bothered me a bit because especially when you say, yeah, once you go over to lightning network, um, then, then there is no more silver to gold analogy necessarily, unless you start talking about settlement layers, but, um, yeah. So like on that note, I kind of think of it like in the long term, uh, cause it's still the, to me, the metaphor exists within the fees. Okay. Right? Because right because yes uh you can have sub satoshi uh stuff um payments on the lightning network absolutely true i give you that right but it's still expensive like hypo like hypothetically when we get to the point where fees are paying for everything it's going to be crazy expensive to get on there right and so um you need something that is comparable in its security for less that offers you the same properties as sound money and to me that's litecoin and like um you know I think Saifedin, Saifedin, oh, sorry if I mess up your name. By the way, loved your book. I think you're fantastic. I respect your opinions so much, right? Um, but I kind of disagree with you in this one point uh, or a couple points when you said that, or when he said that, you know, now that we have fiat, um, like uh, silver isn't needed, right? And so what can be abstracted from that is, you know, if Bitcoin is gold, then there's no need for Litecoin. Um, but to me, Bitcoin is a global currency, right? And, and fiat is not, it's still segmented and, and you still have to go through all these exchanges between country to country um, in order for, uh, for that to work, right? But then Litecoin um, is also a global currency. And so uh, to me, there's just a bit of a disconnect there where I, I would kind of like push back a little bit. 
And and the, and the last thing that I, I I wanted to and you you'd uh, mention it so it kind of brought it back up to me was that you're saying that that Litecoin is not competing with Bitcoin and that was one other point that to me uh, was it was a, was a was an issue because you know I I I I have not decided you know, yet or I guess I have not um, you know been presented with enough evidence yet uh, to, to really make a decision. Um, some people believe that it's a winner take all. Eventually Bitcoin will be the only thing left standing, right? That, you know, yeah. eventually one currency will win. Um, others believe that, you know, that, that there, there's no end. It's an infinite game. You know, to say that there's one winner means that the game has ended, right? Because as long as there's time, um, there's always possibilities of, of new contenders, right? So, but but given either scenario, if, if you you know if you have two coins that are you know, that are are saying that you know we will be a global currency, you know right now at least with Bitcoin BTC they're saying you know we're store of value, and eventually down the road medium of exchange uh, will be found once you know things get a lot less volatile and more you know stable and all that kind of good stuff, right? But Regardless, is if if you're both attempting to be a global currency, whether it's you know the timelines are a little bit different, there is going to be competition because every single person that is going to decide to use a coin is going to be that competition is going to be in their mind, uh, whether or not how much research that they've done or how much knowledge that they have, they're going to go and say you know I want to send a hundred dollars to grandma or I want to you know um, buy this new car down at the dealership that accepts crypto. Which one am I going to pick? And to me, that's, you know, that's a competition. They are competing in your mind. And that that is really where the competition lies is, you know, all the economics, all the fundamentals, all the technology, all boils down to, I don't want to say marketing, because that, that's just being a, a little bit uh, you know, myopic, I guess. But it's, it's you're, you're fighting for the hearts and minds of every single user, all what, almost 8 billion of us now. Um, and And to me... While the the community may not be necessarily going like, what can we do to kick Bitcoin's butt and take over their spot? You, you know, it, <laughs> the competition is is happening in a way, you know, kind of, you know, underneath um, anything that's any of the actions that are being taken. It's still happening. Every single crypto that's out there trying to actually be like a spendable currency, not. I guess Ethereum in a way, some people do use it as, as money. I don't know really anybody, but I'm sure there is somebody. Uh, but any of them that are saying, you know, like Dash or Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV now or whatever the plethora that are out there now, you know, ev- they're all fighting that mental battle for users of saying like, you know, use us, here's why. Yeah, so, I mean, if you believe that there's only going to be one currency to serve the entire world, uh, you have every right to believe that. And I think, you know, it, it, hearing you explain that perspective, it makes sense why you would, why people might feel threatened by um, something like Litecoin, right? Um, where we're trying to say, hey, like we're trying to help you. We're trying to compliment you. But in, from your perspective, you're like, no, 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 no. There's just only going to be one. And so I think that um, I can appreciate that mentality and that perspective. But alternatively, I just kind of want to throw this example out. Like when you look at what Litecoin did and like what Bitcoin Cash did, those are two worlds, you know, they're worlds apart, right? 
uh, one of it, you know, Bitcoin Cash, they 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 took hash rate from you. Uh, they they have the same uh, mining uh, algorithm as you, SHA-256. Uh, they took a couple devs um, from you, right? But with Litecoin, um, we, didn't, we didn't hard forward from your code base. We have a different mining algorithm. We have a whole separate community. And in fact, uh, we have a live network that's worth something that's valuable uh, for you to test things on. Um, so, so you can know that within a properly incentivized uh, mainnet uh, cryptocurrency that attackers can try to attack this new technology, whatever it is that it is being um, implemented, uh, they have the appropriate incentives to try to break it, right? And, um, you know, if, if that's the case, then I, I, I think there is room and space for both of these coins to kind of coexist. And, and I, yeah, and I think... A lot of people um, saw that, like even Eric Lombroso, like he's he's a pretty he's a Bitcoin core dev. Like I think he even saw and rec recognized um, like the value of Litecoin during the whole UA US um, UASF movement. Um, and even <laughs> uh, even Francis Piliot from um, Canada. Oh gosh, I, I butchered his name. Uh, he saw that. Like if you look at his tweets, uh, he saw that. Like recently, for whatever reason, he's just been on a rant about how Litecoin is a scam. But <laughs> if you look at um, his tweets uh, during that time, he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Litecoin actually served a, a unique use case as a testbed for Bitcoin, right?" And so I think people, uh, if if you have, even if you believe that there is one world currency, you still need um, a, a testing or a staging environment to test technology on. And I think in that way, Litecoin can be valuable. No, and, and yeah, I, I get that. I, I just, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't don't need to go over because I just, you know, explain my position. But I just, I feel like, you know, regardless of intentions, um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a winner take all, but there's, there's always a competition, um, you know, even between, you know, something like, well, I guess that's a bad example. I was going to say like Honda and, and Acura because they're, they're two different types of, you know, vehicles, but uh, even though it's the same company, they're they're going after a different demo. But even I can't think of a good analogy at the at the at the time right now. But I'll I'll think of something in about five minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, even if we're not actively seeking competition, we're always in competition. Even if we're like in a workplace environment and we're not going like, oh, I'm in competition with John over here because we're both on you know this team. You know, and eventually we all want to become the manager you know, in this position, but I'm not necessarily going like John's my competition. You are in a way your actions all end up leading to some sort of um, end result, whether or not you or John or neither of you gets that right. So, uh, you know, that that's, to, I guess, to try to explain my thing a little bit, uh, to clarify it a little bit more. It's that it doesn't have to be like a, we are, this is what we're seeking out to do, but you know, the, the competition in all of life is, is always constant, um, in every aspect, but, um, I think. Yeah. So, so here's the disconnect that I have though, right? Like, uh, okay. if you think Bitcoin is going to be the one currency and you're so confident in it and, and you think Bitcoin is the best, then like, I get the sense that, that, you know, they feel threatened. Right. Like, let, let's say that, you know, competition is true. Like there's some indirect competition always. And OK, let's take that. And so like, like, are you scared? Are you scared we're going to take market share? Are you scared that Litecoin is going to be more valuable than Bitcoin? 
Because that to me would be justification to be so angry and call everything a scam and and all that stuff like that. Then I would be like, okay, I understand where that's coming from. But if you're completely confident that there's going to be one world currency and it's going to be Bitcoin, then I mean, wouldn't you just be wasting your time, wasting your breaths uh, doing all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So this is exactly some of the issues that I've had with some people in the you know in the maximalist side is that um, I understand from one perspective when they say like, you know, we do this because we think, you know, if X is a scam, we're not going to keep our, you know, you know, our, our, ourselves quiet and, and say that. But I also go like, you know, especially when it came down to the Bitcoin cash and I kind of understand their argument a little bit better um, than I did at first. But if mere brand hijacking is enough to derail what's supposed to be the next global money and we're supposed to be taking on central banks and those powerful institutions that have ever existed in the world, then we've got a real problem here. Yeah. And so I, I do think that there is, they wouldn't, you know, people, what, you know, I'm not saying that they are actually scared and they just, you know, want to say it. I don't think that they realize that it, it is when they go after you know, a different project, a coin, whatever it is, fiat, it's because it is in direct competition. Mm -hmm. And, and I understand why you would have a threatening, you know, a feeling of, of being threatened because, you know, from, especially from, from their perspective, this is the best way uh, for humanity to basically free ourselves of, you know, all the kind of really bad stuff that has come out of central bank manipulations and fiat currencies and be able to fund these, you know, um, you know, wars all over and, and debts racked up to 20 trillion that we'll never be able to pay in 200 trillion dollars in liabilities. You know, I understand if you're going like, this is the best way to do it. And, and from their perspective, the only way to, and I'm very sympathetic to that view that you would feel anything is just um, distracting and take, making this take longer. Um, so I, I, I do understand exactly what you're saying. And I kind of have that same perspective of, if you do believe this thing is going to win regardless, then it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but then on the other hand, too, like I, I, like I said, like you see something come out like, you know, BitConnect. Well, that, I mean, that's just such a shiny <laughs> example. But but, you know, like, you know, you know smaller, you know, coins or, 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 you know, other things that are kind of you know, permission blockchains and centralized, you know, that are attempting to do the same thing as Bitcoin, quote unquote, but not actually at all. I, I get why they would say, like, you know, we have a duty to call out things that are going to fool people, make them lose money, time, and also derail what could be the most important project. So I understand both sides, but I, I very much, I, I take your point. So I was wondering if you wanted to uh, go over the Light School um, and, and any other projects that you're working on, anything that you want people to know about, uh, where to find you, and the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, so um, I created the Light School, and it's basically everything Litecoin. It has introductory articles for newcomers. If you're scared, if you if cryptocurrency seems so intimidating, I highly recommend you check out my newcomer series. I also have a technology uh, section for those who are more uh, further along in their cryptocurrency experience. Um, I break down mass. I break down confidential transactions. I talk about nodes, um, yeah, the Lightning Network, obviously. And uh, yeah, and so it's just a resource for people to kind of look and to learn, because um, I, I really do believe, you know, in order for Litecoin and Bitcoin to succeed, uh, people have to get educated. It's it's not good enough that people buy it uh, just for the price, but they have to really understand what's happening, like uh, the importance of, of running a full node and how it all works. Because if you lose that, if you lose the knowledge, 
then um, you lose the censorship resistance. And so um, that's why I put so much of my time into it. And then, uh, yeah, I am also the COO of BlockFuse. It's a startup that I did with my partner, uh, Patrick Walters, and we make uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin app development easy. And uh, we do that through our open source uh, platform, CoinMesh. It automates Bitcoin uh, nodes and adapter layers. And so, um, like, for example, we just uh, we launched a couple months ago uh, an LND uh, dev environment, and um, it'll get you set up within uh, 30 minutes flat. And so <laughs> if you are trying to build apps on the Lightning Network and you're completely frustrated, uh, check out CoinMesh because it'll automate the whole process for you. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at eCurrencyHodler. And uh, yeah. It was that uh, earlier you mentioned that you'd made up a, a guide for uh, Litecoin Lightning Network. Is that also on the Light School or? Oh, you know, actually it's on my GitHub. Um, I should link, put a link there. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, but it's on my GitHub. Um, if you type in uh, eCurrency Hodler on GitHub, you'll find it. And it's under the code base uh, Litecoin resources. Okay, and I'll, I'll get that. I'll have you uh, send that to me, and and because I'll put all the stuff that we talked about, um, all the you know, any, any of the links to anything, any of the people or uh, companies that that we've mentioned here, and I'll have those all in the show notes, uh, as well as uh, when I put this out on Twitter, it'll be like in the second or third tweet. I have the things we mentioned and all, all that kind of stuff in there. But uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. And, you know, uh, I really appreciate you having like an open mind and being willing to have like a civil discussion because uh, I think lately it's been kind of uh, crazy with some of the debates that I've been seeing. Um, so definitely appreciate that, Dustin. Yeah, no, no problem. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon.